Welcome to Sustainability Unraveled, a podcast presented by TÜV Süd. Our goal is clear, moving the broad field of sustainability from complexity to clarity. I'm your host, Laura Oberhausen, and joining me is my co-host, Cornelia Stein. Thanks, Laura. It's a pleasure to be here with you. To our audience, a very warm welcome and thanks for tuning in to today's episode in which we are diving into a crucial topic in the world of sustainability. The name of today's episode is From Concept to Impact, How Sustainable Supply Chains Shape Successful Businesses. Cornelius, would you like to start by setting the scene before we welcome our interview guest? Yes, of course. As consumers become increasingly conscious of the impact of their purchasing decisions, Companies are under immense pressure to ensure that they, as well as their suppliers, adhere to social and environmental standards. The consequences of neglecting sustainable supply chains can be severe, affecting not just the companies involved, but also society as a whole. The questions that come to my mind here are, how can organizations ensure compliance with all regulations and standards, ethical compliance and sustainability in their supply chains? What are the main challenges and opportunities in this area? And how can businesses effectively navigate through the complex web of suppliers, regulations, and stakeholder expectations to drive real change? According to a recent study, which we will also link in the notes for your reference, more and more multinational corporations ensure that the material and services they need are sourced solely from companies committed to fair labor practices and environmental protection. But who makes sure that also their suppliers and sub-suppliers are respecting the same ethical environmental standards? It's actually a real challenge to ensure that rules and standards are cascaded down to the lowest tier suppliers and adhered by them as well. Absolutely. It's crucial to manage not just direct suppliers, but the entire supply chain. After all, supply chains are only as strong as their weakest link. While preparing this episode, I came across another interesting study, which is also linked in the show notes. The study surveyed 525 senior executives from large companies across a different range of industries and countries, and it confirmed that a focus on supply chains is essential for ESG, so environmental, social, and governance efforts. Supply chains are responsible for more than 90% of an organization's greenhouse gas emissions, and 50 to 70% of its operation costs. Beyond risk avoidance and compliance, organizations are looking to embed sustainability in their supply chain operations to create long-term value. Cost savings, regulatory requirements, and pressure from partners and suppliers are driving this impulse. Cornelius, wouldn't you agree that this indicates a growing emphasis on embedding sustainability into supply chain operations? Yes, absolutely, Laura. In our increasingly interconnected world, supply chains have become complex webs spanning around multiple countries and continents. While this offers new opportunities for companies, it also brings certain challenges, whether it's addressing issues like labor conditions or mitigating environmental harm. Companies must tackle various ethical and sustainable concerns to establish a responsible and transparent supply chain. Luckily, there are tools and strategies available to assist businesses in addressing these challenges to maintain sustainable supply chains. To tackle this topic and answer the most crucial questions, we are happy to have a very knowledgeable guest with us today. Markus Ditsch, an expert in supply chain management and sustainability, is joining us today to discuss the significance of sustainable supply chains, the current state of ethical and sustainable supply chains, as well as to share some practical insights into effectively managing them. 
whether you're a sustainability professional, a supply chain manager, or just someone simply interested into the importance of ESG compliant supply chains, this episode is for you. So without further ado, let's welcome our guest. Marcus, can you please share your background and your experience in this field? Hello, Laura and Cornelius. Happy to be here and thanks for the introduction. Currently, I'm working within Tussuit Business Assurance Division, where we provide trainings as well as auditing and certification services of management systems, which is strongly connected to facilitate sustainable supply chains. Before joining Tussuit, I was working in management consulting for more than six years in the area of strategy and operations. I was working for many clients in the area of corporate strategy, supply chain management and procurement. I'm very excited to contribute in shaping organizations and supply chains for the future and helping companies on this journey to minimize risk and to increase sustainability. This also fits to our purpose and to suit to protect people and the environment. Thanks, Marcus. Let's start by looking back. How have supply chains changed over the last, let's say, 10 to 15 years? And what have been the main drivers? So in the last decades, we have seen companies where are focusing on their core competencies and we are outsourcing parts of their value creation to external suppliers. Due to globalization and driving cost efficiency with high price competitiveness in global markets, companies were building up really complex and global supply chains, which also include 10 of thousands first-year suppliers, growing exponentially downwards the supply chain. In the last five to 10 years, for example, in the automotive industry, we saw that they started mapping those suppliers to identify risk down their supply chain, increasing transparency, or even to establish more cost efficiency by even negotiating prices with those sub-tier suppliers. And in the last years, two topics were rising and getting more weight and focus. This is on the one side, supply chain resilience, and on the other side, sustainability. In terms of resilience, we're seeing risk in the supply chain due to delivery bottlenecks, what we saw during COVID, or due to the war in the Ukraine. So companies had to adapt very quickly, and also companies who knew their supply chains and suppliers downstream had advantages of responding and adapting faster than their competitors. On the other side, we have the area of sustainability, and there is more awareness and responsibility for the whole value creation, which also includes aspects of society and environment, and is driven by consumer demands and also government regulations. And what about the latest innovations and developments? Marcus, where do you see the focus shifting in the future? I think very big topic is AI and also digitalization. So the usage of technology and digitalization to manage supply chains, for example, in the context of end-to-end -end visibility of supply chains and AI-generated notifications can really help to adapt early warnings and also react as soon as possible. Automation also with AI helps to integrate your supply chain even stronger, so it helps you to identify patterns and improve forecasting and planning. Those are some really interesting insights, and I think this also reflects the need to be open to change. Perhaps before we continue, Marcus, in two or three sentences. How would you define the term sustainable supply chain? A sustainable supply chain adopts environmental, social and governance practices in the whole value chain of your product. So from raw material to the end product, also in order to protect people with appropriate labor conditions, for example, and an environment by reducing your carbon footprint or even building up 
appropriate governance structures such as your code of conduct or reporting structures. This means you have to establish fair labor practices in your whole supply chain, taking more responsibility in our environmental aspects and also driving proactively ESG goals downwards your supply chain. Could you also explain the main implications for companies and their customers? Sure. So companies have to adapt their strategy and practices, especially in the area of procurement. And companies focus even more to reduce waste, as well as to increase transparency in their supply chain regarding ESG-related risks. On the other side, customers are getting more transparency about their products. So this could mean the origin of their raw material or where the value creation of the production steps were happening in the supply chain. Thank you, Marcus. As we are now aligned on the definition, let's dive a little bit deeper into the topic. What are the tangible business benefits of having a sustainable supply chain? And can you give an example of how these benefits have manifested in the companies you worked with? So what comes first into my mind is reputational risk, which can be avoided and reduced. We saw examples in the electronic industry in the last years where we saw also big headlines in newspapers from supplier sites, which employees working under unacceptable conditions and also minimizing risk and vulnerability due to an improved risk management process. So supplier data can be used to make better sourcing decisions or even to react faster on risk-based events. But this is the risk side. We also have a positive effects in quality or even innovation. So you can also see that product quality can increase due to higher standards in procurement or that it also tries the innovation and business development of companies by, for example, increasing the production yield or using less resources in their production processes or energy costs. Keeping all of these aspects in mind, I mean, establishing sustainable supply chains can actually be quite challenging. So what are some common challenges companies face in this process and how can they be addressed? So I see four challenges. The first one is the creation of awareness of the suppliers for those kind of aspects and ESG topics. So the global suppliers are usually not aware of the coming requirements and regulations and processes due to local regulations. So the requirements will be pushed down the supply chain and it will be especially hard for small companies and suppliers which do not have the adequate resources to respond to this. And this is connected to the second challenge. So, of course, those kind of regulation and requirements means that you have to build up competencies, for example, in procurement or supply chain management, adapt your processes and structures, or introducing tools to deal with these kind of complexity and requirements. The third challenge is that you also have to identify those kind of risks in your supply chain, which can be very large and complex with maybe 100,000 suppliers for large companies. And the last challenge is a more practical one, but when you, for example, really identify risk in your supply chain, how do you influence the supplier and convince him to respond to it and to act for mitigation? So, I mean, there are ways like your supplier code of conduct, which you could adapt and also um, setting up contracts with your supplier, which include those requirements as well. But there are, there's a lot of work to do. So saying there's a lot of work to do, what advice would you give companies just starting their journey towards ensuring sustainable supply chains? I mean, 
you already mentioned some aspects, but if we look at this as step-by-step process? At first, I would say really engage actively with due diligence requirements and think about future consequences for your company regarding your standards you are setting and the processes you are improving in your company. The other aspect is create awareness in your company and make it a real management topic because, in my opinion, it must be driven by strategy and also your top leadership. You can then think about your management system, how you can adapt it and how you also have to change your procurement processes and tender processes. And then, of course, an enabler for implementation is looking for digital solutions which support you in the supply chain transformation. I is, of course, one lever, but you can also use digital twins or supplier data in technology platforms to analyze it. And, of course, the last aspect is focusing on your key suppliers and high-risk categories, where you see high ESG impact and risk, and where you also see a very high potential for improvement and influence towards your supplier. Thanks for your hands, Marcus. That helps a lot. At the beginning of this episode, we have already touched on the fact that supply chains are a global topic. But there are several local regulations coming up in Germany, but also at EU level in the next few years. Obviously, we can't go into the details here, as it's beyond our scope. But can you give a rough overview of the regulatory framework in Germany and at the EU level and shed some light on the global impact? Sure. So currently, there are many local regulations in place. In Germany, since the 1st of January this year, with a supply chain due diligence for companies larger than 3,000 employees. And other countries have regulations as well, such as Norway with the Transparency Act, Australia with the Modern Slavery Act. And in many other countries, there are negotiations for those kind of regulations in place and going on. On the EU level, there is a proposal in draft for a corporate sustainability due diligence which will apply to all countries within the EU and establishing due diligence procedures in the context of human rights and environment. Those kind of regulations affect, of course, directly the companies within those countries, but indirectly will also have effects in the global suppliers because they will be confronted with those requirements from their customers. And this will be also reflected in tender processes, for example, in the area of supplier scoring and selection, or as I already mentioned, in contact or requests by the OEMs. And the acceptance of an adapted supplier code of conduct or filling out self-questionnaires by the supplier will be not sufficient to respond to those kind of obligations. So the regulations and the mechanisms for it, they have global impact, which was also the intention of introducing them, although they are locally in place. So listening to this It seems like common sense, but I think this is going to be one of the key takeaways for many listeners to not only focus on local requirements, but also being aware of the regulations in other countries and how that might affect them. Now that we've learned what regulations exist and why and how companies can ensure that their supply chains are sustainable, I would be interested to know how companies can measure the success of their initiatives to ensure ethical and sustainable supply chains. Are there any metrics or KPIs that you would recommend to our audience, Marcus? Yes, there are many ways to measure effects, but I would rather name an approach for it and also some specific KPIs. So in general and as a best practice, we see risk scorecards based on different kinds of ESG criteria. So many companies are using 360-degree scoring models with external data, supplier assessments, 
and benchmarks, which can also include different kinds of KPIs. But we also see technology platforms and providers such as Prewave or Sphere as two examples, which help to identify the risk in your supply chain automatically and evaluating your suppliers based on a risk score and databases or AI crawling in the, in the World Wide Web. So this is, I would say, the best practice. And there are also some examples to specific KPIs. So you can measure it country-based with, for example, the Corruption Perception Index for several countries. You can measure greenhouse gas emissions and carbon footprint in your supply chains. You can also have a look on numbers of legal violations or human rights violations of your suppliers based also on fines and penalties or even on your learning hours within your own company for ESG-related topics or in learning hours of your suppliers. So it seems that balancing profitability and maintaining sustainable and ethical supply chains can be a delicate task. So maybe one last question from my side. How can companies effectively strike this balance? In general, it can mean, of course, cost increase, but not necessarily. So, of course, when you increase requirements, it often leads to this. But research also shows that sustainable supply chains tend to outperform their counterparts financially and also tend to have higher market value. So I think you have to start thinking about reducing, reusing and recycling, using, for example, digital tools, as mentioned, to be more efficient and to reduce investments. And also thinking about how you strike the balance that you don't overdo it regarding requirements and focus on your biggest suppliers and suppliers with the highest risk. But this is more like the risk perspective of it. I think there are also some positive effects we see by revenue enhancement, more innovation or even brand enhancement or attracting more talents, which are also more on the upside of those kind of aspects of sustainable supply chains. I'm very happy to hear that investments into a sustainable supply chain will pay off in the end and secure not only regulatory compliance and stakeholder satisfaction, but will also drive innovation, enhance brand reputation, open up new markets, attract new talent and reduce the overall business risk. Now, let's finish off with the role of tech companies. Markus, in your point of view, what role should tech companies play in promoting and enforcing ESG compliance supply chain? Yes, so tech companies are providing different kinds of services to support companies on this journey. I would differentiate between two different kinds of views. The one, first one is the OEM view. So there are some services which can help them in, for example, first the context of training. So you could apply awareness trainings in your own company for your management or procurement. You can also use training services for supplier qualifications. For example, in the awareness for specific risk categories such as occupational safety. Another service we see is a service of gap assessments. So you can use gap assessments to identify different kinds of weaknesses in your current organization and to find steps how to achieve your target state. And also a very classic service is the service of supplier audits to assess risk on site of the supplier. So By assessing suppliers based on the actual situation and comparing it towards standards you want to set for them, you can use criteria which are based on ISO standards or based on a defined catalog. This can be this, your supplier code of conduct, but it can also be an ESG catalog provided by the tick company with a defined audit criteria set. 
So this helps to improve supplier performance and also strengthen your supplier relationship. On the other side, for the supplier view, I mean, they are confronted with many requests from their customers, maybe also with a lot of self-questionnaires. So they can use also certifications to prove that they have the processes and standards in place, which indicates lower risk to their customers. Therefore, usually you can apply ISO standards. A very established one is the iPhone 9001 in the area of quality management, what we've seen for decades in the automotive industry. But even more for specific aspects like environmental management, 14001, or occupational health and safety, which is the 45001. And even more recently, we see also coming new standards such as the area of sustainable procurement with the 20,400. So those standards really help also suppliers to indicate that they have a very high set of standards in place. Thank you so much for sharing your insights and also, of course, for being our guest today, Marcus. To wrap up this episode, let's go through our key takeaways. So as I already mentioned, my first point is the global impact of regulations. Local regulations on sustainable supply chains are becoming more prevalent worldwide, affecting companies globally and emphasizing the need for compliance beyond local requirements. And two points from my side. First, sustainable supply chains are a crucial factor for successful companies today as they reduce reputational risk, ensure market access, improve product quality and create long-term value on top. Stakeholder satisfaction and talent attraction are positive effects of having a sustainable supply chain. Second, the challenges such as resource limitations in initial costs and rising the awareness internally, but also at the supplier needs to be overcome. But there are tools and strategies available to support the companies and digital solutions will play an increasingly important role in the future. And lastly, Sustainable supply chains can lead to financial outperformance, higher market value, and positive brand perception. To achieve a balance, companies should adopt eco-friendly practices, use digital tools efficiently, and focus on high-risk suppliers for improvement. Is there anything you would like to add, Marcus? Yeah, I think it is a journey and a transformation for many companies globally adapting their strategy and practices. So it will be really exciting to observe the development and effectiveness in the next years. And at the end, thank you for having me today. Thank you, Marcus, for joining us. And thanks everyone for tuning into today's episode of Sustainability Unraveled. We hope you've gained many valuable insights and our discussion doesn't end here. By subscribing to our podcast, you will be always kept up to date and make sure not to miss any episode. Your feedback is incredibly valuable to us, and we welcome your comments on this episode, as well as suggestions for future episodes. So let's continue our journey to create a more sustainable future and talk to you soon.